This morning's reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the Pentecost day came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a noise like a strong wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw something like flames of fire that were separated and stood over each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak different languages by the power of the Holy Spirit was given to them. There were some religious Jews staying in Jerusalem who were from every country in the world. When they heard the noise, a crowd came together. They were all surprised because each one heard them speaking in their own language. They were completely amazed at this. They said, look, aren't all these people that we hear speaking from Galilee? Then how is it possible that we each hear them in our own languages? We are from different places. Parthia, Medium, Elam, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Potus, Asia, Prithia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and areas of Libya near Cyrene, Rome, both Jews and those who would become Jews, Crete, Arabia, but we hear them telling in our own languages how about the great things of God has done. <laughs> they were all amazed and confused, asking each other, what does this mean? But others were making fun of them, saying, they've had too much wine. But Peter stood up with the 11 apostles, and in a loud voice he spoke to the crowd, my fellow Jews, and all of you who are here in Jerusalem, listen to me. Pay attention to what I have to say. These people are not drunk, as you think. It is only nine o'clock in the morning, but Joel the prophet wrote about it, what is happening today. God says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. At that point, I will pour out my spirit also on my male slaves and female slaves, and they will prophesy. I will show miracles in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and thick smoke. The sun will become dark, the moon red as blood, before the overwhelming and glorious day of the Lord will come. Then anyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. The word of the Lord for the, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, when you were doing the uh, time with young Christians and, um, and you brought the candles out and you sang happy birthday, I thought you were going to go into, are you one, are you two? <laughs> that would have taken a while. How old is the church? 1,989 years old, give or take a few. If you're wondering about that, ask the confirmants. They've figured this out. So I'm, I'm going to preach over here because I have, I have a great respect for you and for your class. You're a very special confirmation class. You work well together. Not every confirmation class does. You care well for each other and you cut each other some slack. You accept each other's differences and unique ways and you still work well with one another. And that is a special thing that I would say only the Holy Spirit can give. And the Holy Spirit has given it to you. And I am grateful and appreciative and at times in awe of the ways that you work 
together. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. She knits us together. She creates community. And we are all a part of it. And you are saying yes today in a way that puts you even more into the flow of the Holy Spirit. You're saying a significant yes today at your confirmation day, but you're entering a season where you begin to say yes every day. For when we are growing in faith, we're always invited to keep saying yes to God's love. Yes to God's love. And when we say yes to God's love, it puts us in the flow of God's love. It puts us in the flow of the Spirit, and the Spirit takes us in directions and places that we wouldn't go otherwise. In a few moments, when you say yes, we will, we will anoint you at the chancel rail with oil that is in part 1,700 years old from the early church, that oil dating back in part to 301. And we will anoint you in the name of the Trinity like Christians have been anointed for thousands of years. And we will put our hands on your heads, the leadership of the church and your teachers and pastors, and we will pray the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's already within you, but today you're saying, I want to be even more in the flow of the Holy Spirit. We hope that what you do today and what we do today is not a graduation, but it is a new chapter in your lives of faith that you will keep investing in. And congregation, we will do something significant today as well. When the church is in the flow of the Spirit, blessing comes easy to us. We are all followers of Jesus who are meant to bless. We have been blessed by God. God's hope is that we will bless others and to do it with ease, and with grace, and with joy. One of the things we'll be practicing as a congregation is the ABCs of confirmation, where one by one we will invite the confirmands to just face you. And you will say this, we accept you, we bless you, we claim you. I don't know any other community out there that says such sacred words to another person. And this may be one opportunity in your lives where you hear people say to you, we accept you. No matter what people say about you, no matter what people think about you, no matter what you may even think about yourselves, hear the word of God spoken through this congregation this morning that says, we accept you. 
You don't need to change a thing about you. We accept you right where you are. And when we say we bless you, we will be saying that on behalf of the living God. To bless these young people right where they are. To receive blessing is an important thing for us to receive. This wasn't in my text. Jane can look on. It's really not there. But yesterday in the supermarket, something happened to me. I was wearing my Chatham United Methodist Church jacket. My daughter calls that church merch. She wasn't with me. at the, I, was, I was going in to get a loaf of bread. Significant. I was going in to get a loaf of bread. That was it. I went into King's. It was Saturday morning. This guy, I, I, was, I was in the aisle, and he said, you're, you're looking for something? Can I help you? I said, no, I'm, I'm good, thanks. He said, um, are you a pastor? I was just wearing church merch and, and, a, and an old guy-looking hat. I said, yeah. He said, well, I, I could tell. I said, how could you tell? Was it the hat? So we had this conversation about faith in the chip aisle. <laughs> Holiness broke out in front of potato chips and popcorners. And at the end of our conversation, he was asking about our church and about my faith, and I was hearing his story. At the end, he said, uh, Pastor, can I pray for you? I said, I would appreciate that. And, and we held hands, and right there in the chip aisle, he prayed God's blessing on me. And I was so grateful. And I thought, this is a time when I need to just receive blessing. Just receive it. You will be op have an opportunity today to just receive blessing. And then the congregation is going to say, we claim you. There will be seasons in your life where you may feel like you are without direction, without community, and I want you to remember that this congregation on this day said, we claim you. We claim you. It is important to be claimed, and we are doing that on behalf of God, who claims you too, as God claimed you at baptism, but now... God is claiming you in an even more sacred way because you are saying, I want to be claimed. We need you. This church needs you. We need you to be faithful followers of Jesus in a new way. You will be faithful to Jesus in ways that we haven't even discovered yet. But we need you to be brave and faithful followers of Jesus. And you need us too. Let me just lift up briefly three metaphors that point to something that may have deeper meaning. And those three metaphors all involve your class. A few months ago, Karen lined up a trip to Philadelphia and we spent some time at St. George's Historic United Methodist Church, 
one of the first churches of Methodism. It's also the site of one of our first embarrassments as a denomination because our ancestors in the faith did something that was really bigoted and racist. And they told that story there and we learned that story there and some of you actually became leaders in telling that story in front of a, g a gathering of other confirmation classes and other pastors and other lay people that had come from Pennsylvania and New Jersey that day, that morning, to St. George's Church. The Methodists then, for some reason, said to the African-American congregation members, you can no longer worship on the same floor. You need to worship in the balcony. And the message that they were sending was a racist message that said to African-American followers of Jesus, you're second class. You're not equal. And Reverend Richard Allen said, we hear you. We receive your message of not being welcome here. And he and his congregation left and formed the Mother Bethel AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal Church. And that congregation is still worshiping a good number of blocks away in Philadelphia. Here's the metaphor that we did together that is so powerful. What you did as the next generation of Methodists was you learned our history of faithfulness and unfaithfulness, of justice and injustice, and you named it. You were not afraid of it. You learned about it, and then you did something with your feet. Do you remember what we did after we visited St. George? Where'd we go? We went to Mother Bethel AME Church. It was, a, it was about 20 blocks away, was it? Good distance. And we walked a pilgrimage together. And we walked from the site of the injustice to the Mother Bethel AME Church and that was the site of resurrection where God built up a new congregation that continues to worship there. And what we represented was United Methodists' desire to right the wrong. And we listened to the, the teacher there at Mother, Mother Bethel teach us about the history of their church. And we went through their museum and we learned about their faithfulness and we recognized that maybe God is using us, and your generation, I pray, is better than my generation at this, bridging the gap between peoples who have had a history that has not been easy, but that God wants to bring together. The Holy Spirit on Pentecost brought all these people together. Oh, and I'm so glad you were reading that. That must be one of the hardest passages in the history of the Bible reading about Parthians and Medes and Elamites and Mesopotamians and Cappadocians and Phrygians and Pamphylians all coming together. You know, they didn't all get along. But the Holy Spirit said, I need you to get along. I need you to understand each other. That's what we did that day. And maybe God is anointing you to stand with people who have been marginalized, to stand with people who have had injustices done to them and say, I don't know if I can fix this 
history, but I will stand with you and be a bridge person. Maybe that's a metaphor for your journey. The other two metaphors took place yesterday right up here. Tom Kitson and Karen Berry in the confirmation class put this together. Now you can't see this perhaps from the very back, but <laughs> you who put this together know how tedious that work is. It's cutting out, is it 81 pieces of paper? It doesn't look like 81 pieces of paper from back there, but believe me, it is. And the confirmands cut these out and place them one by one. Now, here's the metaphor. Some of you each took turns putting this in. If the one that you put in is symbolic of you, by itself, it doesn't really communicate much. But when you together take a step back and see what together your part plays in relationship to one another, God creates a greater tapestry, a greater picture. And without you, can you imagine if the one piece that you put in here was not there, can you imagine what this would look like? It wouldn't look nearly as beautiful as this. But your piece plays a role in the bigger picture. As do you. As do you. As do we all. When we somehow are not part of the body of Christ, we're missing something sacred and precious. And the tapestry that God creates with all of us is quite beautiful. And the world needs it. I close with this metaphor. Do you remember the last thing we did here together? Can you tell what's missing here? What's usually here on Sunday morning is a big altar table, the table of the Lord. And you'll have to trust me, it's heavy. It's made of solid wood. The confirmation class, we picked that up and with very small steps, got it to the end of this platform, and somehow we got it down, and we got, moved it over here, and put it down, and then slid it back behind the Reredos. A metaphor. You, in your lifetime, and in your faith, and in your following of Jesus, may have to do some heavy lifting. And in your lives, you may have to do some heavy lifting. And you can't do it on your own. You need each other. We need each other. None of us could have lifted that altar by ourselves. It would have been impossible. But together, we could do it. Our hope for you is that you will continue to invest in the life of the church so that when it's time for struggle and heavy lifting, we will have each other. And we will have each other. May God bless us 
as we do the heavy lifting and the joyful work of following Jesus together. Amen.